0: Welcome back to Comet Fan Commentary. I am your host, Adam. I'm joined by my friend, Ronnie. Hey, how's it going, guys? Glad to be back for another week. We'll start out talking a little bit of NBA action, NBA draft. Someone that I feel like is topping everyone's highlight. We're looking at really hard with a microscope is LaMelo Ball, the youngest ball brother. Everyone's saying that he has the highest potential as a player. Do you see that, Ronnie?
1: I think with LaMelo and any of the ball siblings, I always kind of hold like a grain of like a always kind of watch it with a grain of salt. You never know if what they're saying is actually going to happen. I think their their name overshadows their ability, and not that they're a bad player. It's just it kind of goes with the with the skill, right? Like they kind of go hand in hand. I want Lamelo to be good just because I mean honestly, I, we've seen him, heard, have known him since his brother Lonzo went into the NBA and was at UCLA, and he's kind of always been the little brother. He's always on the on Twitter and vine TikTok, so it'd be interesting to see lamello do well especially after lonzo kind of i wouldn't say lonzo's a flop but i mean he definitely didn't pan out as well as uh the mr ball said he would
0: yeah number two overall and he gets traded he's only a piece of the trade for anthony davis i don't uh, know that doesn't feel like a hit to me
1: exactly he's he's an expendable piece and we don't know if that's gonna be you know lamello in the near
0: future or not I mean he's um, a much better shooter though. Like he he has a lot more range as a point guard. I feel like LaMelo's a lot better than Lonzo. Lonzo's a lot a lot more of a creator um, whereas LaMelo's a lot more of a scorer, I feel like. And he's just I think LaMelo's just going to be a lot better scorer than Lonzo is and that kind of increases his upside immediately. So I think LaMelo I think he is going to be better than Lonzo for sure. It's hard to say based on the talent he played in Lithuania. What what do you think about him uh foregoing college um after his like two weeks at ucla
1: i think that one one year rule is a little silly but
0: really so you think do you think the high school thing should still be around
1: i think so i mean if you're good enough man if you're good enough in any sport and again i, I piggyback on soccer like you can go pro at 16 15 you can sign your pro contract i don't think they should be you know essentially punished because they're too young i'm like if you're good enough let, you know, let them play. They can, they can get those private tutors. They can get their diploma with private schooling, like whatever it may need be, they can get it done. Let them earn money. Don't, you know, you go to, let's say you go to college or one year, Lithuania, you have like a career ending injury or season ending injury, and you didn't even get a chance to make, you know, a, a dime in the NBA. And now you're kind of in like a really bad spot. I think if you're good enough, it should be allowed.
0: I'm very conflicted cuz I can see why it's in place in the NFL, you know, cuz like you don't want eight, 19-year-olds showing up to an NFL taking a hit cuz that kid might die. He like he's still growing as a human. Exactly. And that that makes sense to me. So but then like baseball on the other hand, you can get you get drafted right out of high school and you get stuck in the minor leagues and you're playing guys who played 4 years, 5 years of college ball already. So I don't know. I'm a little conflicted with NBA because we, we've we seen some of the greatest superstars come straight out of high school and forcing kids to go to college for that one year is, I don't know if it's necessarily good for them because like you mentioned with injury and missing out on that salary. But I do think that I do like the rule where they're allowed to play you know, overseas for a year if they want to. I think that's honestly a pretty good rule. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the downside of letting just high schoolers go straight to the NBA. You have some sketchy stuff with tricking a 17-year-old into signing signing them into something. And instead of when you're facing someone who's a legal adult, you know, no. legality-wise might be a good reason, but I'm not totally certain. Out of LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and James Wiseman, I just don't see any, like, clear-cut. I mean, LaMelo Ball seems to have that, but I don't know. I, it just doesn't feel like a clear-cut number 1 overall pick. It's not like there's a LeBron in this draft. There's not a Kobe in this draft, right? It's it's going to be a toss up this year. This week, a little bit like like the floodgates just open for all the disgruntled superstars who want to change teams. And one of the big blockbuster, quote-unquote trades that we've already seen happen, CP3 headed to Phoenix to pair up with Devin Booker in their backcourt. In return, Oklahoma City receives a couple picks and a couple pick swaps, um, as well as some players in return. But what I'm looking at is Oklahoma City has 17 first-round picks in the next seven years.
1: That's like almost the entire first round.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But my thing is, I feel like first-round picks are really overrated in the NBA. You know, like, trading those, it's a lot easier to do than trading, like, a fir- the first-round pick in football. You know, first-round picks are, like, instant starters, and you have so many guys on your team in football that first-round picks are a huge deal, right? But if I'm getting traded, let's say, the Celtics' first-round pick, that's, like, going to be somewhere in the late 20s. Now, late 20s, you're not going to see superstars drop- fall that far. You know, superstars are going to be drafted within the top 10 Top five normally, so it's a little overrated to say that oh OKC stacked for the future. and It's like, well, no, you don't know what you're going to get out of these picks even. So yeah, it's a nice it's a nice position to be in as a GM. But like first round picks are a little overrated. Like they first round picks are really big deals in hockey, in football, and that's just because you have very large teams and you have to fill lots of different positions and the talent pools are larger amount of people but like the elite talents are going to be stacked towards the top so those first round picks i feel like aren't as blowing it out of the water as we think could be just be a bargaining chip
1: you never know that could be a tool for a trade and sometimes you you go you got to hold on to your stocks and see where they go
0: (laughs) are the thunder just like bitcoin investors or something Dude, like they, they must have extraders. a crystal
1: ball they, they must have a crystal ball somewhere in their front office and someone's like you have to hold all these picks like that twenty twenty four first first round pick is, is going to hit big like i promise you
0: yeah a hot take that came from the internet was sam presti is the best gm in the nba that's a spicy take because yeah you have a lot of first round picks and sure you're flipping your superstars like russell westbrook Paul George, Chris Paul, you're flipping all of those players for a lot of picks, but there are only so many superstars in this league. Just because you're able to get a lot of picks in return for superstars, that the superstars that get you wins and make you a more marketable team, that doesn't make you a a good GM. Yeah, it's cool. You're stacking up all these picks and you're playing for the future. That's solid rebuilding strategy. But at the same time, you're not guaranteed a slot for any of these picks because of the lottery, because of pick swaps. If we're calling Sam Presti the best GM in the league, he should return us a title. If he's employed for the Thunder for the next seven years, I'll I'll put a pin in this statement that he is the best GM in the league. He's not yet, because he hasn't yet to bring OKC a title. And he was close when he had KD, Harden, and Westbrook but when Harden was on his free agency, in their cap space, they could only offer a big contract to one player. Do you know who that player was? They signed Kendrick Perkins. They gave him the extension.
1: Oh, heck yeah. big uh, The guy from the Celtics? Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. So, he chose Perkins over James Harden. Then Harden flourishes in Houston. Is he the best GM in the league? How many titles have you brought to OKC? Zero. You were close. You were close. But you can't call him the best GM in the league.
1: What worries me the most is the NBA is a league. The formula to win a championship in the league is to form super teams. I don't know how much weight stacking up, you know, these first rounders against the super teams of the Lakers, the Warriors. It's gonna be tough for OKC to to do what they want to do with such young talent and unexperienced and unlike, I guess, like fulfilled talent. You know, you don't know what you're getting when you get a college player. So I think the way that the NBA is set up right now, their formula to win a championship, does not add up to what he might be doing with these draft picks.
0: I will give him he is a good GM trying to rebuild a team. I will give him that, but nowhere close to being the best GM in the league. Sam Presti's is not the best GM in the league because we don't know where these picks are going to go, right? The best GM in the league will be able to balance a winning team as well as draft well. And I think we just need to see that second part, draft well. And if he drafts well, he can form this team that bring them a title. So, yes, he's a good GM, not the best. Speaking of our Thunder, James Harden, allegedly unsettled in Houston, wants out. How do you see him fitting in with the team that he wants to go to, the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, reunion with KD...
1: It's worked out before, could work out again, and of course, Kyrie, you can't. He's he's there. If they can somehow manage a deal, then the Nets might be the new talk of the town again after they initially got Kyrie and Katie. Um, but adding Harden to that might just make it even all that better for Brooklyn Nets fans. So that's that's where I'm going with that.
0: And Steve Nash is one of their coaches, so it's they got a lot of hype. If they can get Harden on that team, that's a pretty hype squad. My thing is just Kyrie and Harden alone is, I feel like just a disaster waiting to happen. Of like but guys butting heads, who's going, who's going to take the last shot at the end of the game, you know? And you're going to have to have someone like someone like Steve Kerr. As good as Steve Kerr to balance those talents, I don't know Katie's very prone to getting hurt. Kyrie is very prone to getting hurt, so I don't know i I wouldn't say nets are going to just tear up the league if this happens, but like I gotta say it's interesting, and <laughs> the nets are going to have to apparently give like everything all their assets are like up for grabs. they're ready to trade picks, pick swaps. Every single player except for Kyrie and Katie are available. They are also apparently interested in Serge Ibaka. And that got me thinking, what if they're just trying to reunite the Oklahoma City Thunder? And at that point, they should instead of Kyrie, they should trade Kyrie for Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And then just reunite the squad in Brooklyn.
1: I mean, if it's if the chemistry from OKC is still there, you know you're going to be able to see that at Brooklyn. I don't think the team will matter as long <laughs> as they can all play together.
0: I mean, that that's a cool what if, but like you said, Harden, Kyrie, KD, that that would be a super team that would bring them a lot of wins. Uh, my question is still just: Can Kyrie and KD stay healthy? For the love of God, like those are such elite talents that have just. Haven't been able to suit up in the last couple of years. It's honestly a little disappointing to see. Now that when I'm thinking about it though, like James Harden dribbles so much, Kyrie dribbles so much like that. That's going to be so frustrating at first, <laughs> just to coach out of one of those players. I mean, it will be
1: like long talks with whoever they decide to be like, Hey, you're going to be our ball handler. And then having to tell the other player, you're not going to be our main ball handler.
0: <laughs> other, Blockbuster Trades, Michael Jordan has gone on record saying he wants Russ in Charlotte.
1: Um, I mean, they can probably offer him a decent-sized contract because I don't think anybody's at Charlotte. That matters. <laughs> nope. Um, So they might be able to offer him a decent contract. Now, do I think Russ wants to play there? More than likely, no. It might just be Jordan trying to pull some something in the media, but... I don't see it happening.
0: I mean, they need some kind of something to spark interest in that team. Because after Kemba left on free agency, I don't name two players on the Hornets right now.
1: Yeah, I can. That's, that's why I was like, <laughs>
0: who's there? Nobody. I was like, uh, I was trying to think
1: about it. again. like, yeah, no one's there.
0: I don't know how good of a move it is, but like Charlotte's got to do something to spark interest in the team and sell tickets. So I think that'd be a fun way to do it. And I think it's interesting how... Much Houston is just demolishing the the old model, you know, firing the firing the coach, firing the GM, trading Harden, trading Westbrook. I'm kind of happy to see because I hated I hated the way the Rockets played. Three's greater than two, so we're just going to minimize defense to maximize offense. It, it was just kind of a gross way to play basketball, and I, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. And I'm kind of glad they didn't never got a title out of it. Also being a Spurs fan, but... (laughs) Alright, speaking of superstars switching teams, how about Sergio Ramos? He is currently in his last year of his Real Madrid contract, and Real Madrid doesn't want to break their own transfer policies, which is re-signing a 34-year-old. So, PSG is looking to snatch him up for three years on a free transfer, and willing to pay his pretty, pretty high wages.
1: The Bernabeu still going to love Ramos. Now they're going to be sad to see their golden boy leave if that were to happen. But PS, I go Tiago Silva. So they need an old center back to replace them, AKA Ramos. <laughs> and they have, they have the money to throw at any big name player. So it makes sense. And I know it's a, still a free transfer, but they still would be willing to offer him a decent, decent contract. Um, If not, Dude, Ramos, America's nice, man. Okay, well, maybe not right now. But the MLS is nice. <laughs> the, I should I should clarify the MLS is nice. The I, if I was Ramos, I'd be like, eh, you know, maybe maybe it's time for me to to pull a Zlatan, pull a Beckham. You know, let's let's go see what LA Galaxy or New York FC is all about.
0: You know so, what he needs to do though? Shave his beard, Morton. his red beard. At least trim it, man. Like he's try Like he looks like he's trying to do that. Like playoff hockey beard but it's just not there man let it go as a man who can't grow facial hair himself you just gotta let it go man i would give the same advice to real madrid i know he is so vital to your squad right now but you're gonna be really kicking yourself if you use up your wage bill to tie up who will eventually be 37 years old at the end of his that contract so Maybe I would trigger an extension for one year until you can develop your younger pieces. Maybe Varon blossoms a little bit given another year. Probably not. But if you give him maybe a one-year deal, that that would be smarter than offering him this full three. I don't know. He's he's just so important to them that, like, I want to say, invest in your youth, give them the starts. But they're just so bad without him. It, It would just be classic PSG to snatch up this old veteran for... Lots of money, nothing. Oh, one hundred percent. Interesting headline that kind of caught me off guard. Was Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, uh, the actors, are now the owners of a European football club, Wrexham AFC in England's fifth league. They purchased them as they are the owners of that club.
1: I mean, why not? If you got the money, why not? It just sounds like a like some sort of like drunk drunken bet that they made and they're like you know what let's do it let's buy a football club because it it happens a lot right the gary neville paul Scholes, phil neville they all bought a club in the english like i think fifth division or sixth division a few years ago Um, and then
0: they fired the coach and decided to coach it themselves so it happens and
1: of course you have beckham who's now with the owner of the miami fc so it, it it's definitely something that isn't weird in soccer now, I just find it interesting as to how they landed on this team specifically and what they want to do with it. Because I'm not too familiar with their football knowledge or <laughs> how much they really care for the sport. But I mean, hey, they probably to say Deadpool's it your owner, <laughs> uh, clearly it must have been like they must have been in the around there and they've been like, hey, do you see this in the paper? you want to you want to just buy it and they're like yeah sure why not and they're at a pub somewhere we'll see we'll see what happens because i'm curious as to what their intentions are re- realistically speaking
0: right. like what they can do so this will obviously gain Rexum some, some random popularity right but will this actually help them will this help the team it's tough to say they're kind of like mid-table right now in the fifth league so a heck of a long shot away from them from even the championship but i just it's it's so hard for me watching it's always sunny in philadelphia and seeing mac as a part owner in like a european football club it just kind of blows my like mac and deadpool are owners of (laughs) wrexham right now
1: exactly they could they could really pull some like cool deadpool merch for like a match one day or something you know (laughs) that would be sweet sell some extra tickets yeah yeah, just get some clearance, get some copyright clearance. You know, you got Ryan Reynolds there, he knows the people
0: keeping it in England. Jerome Boateng from Bayern Munich is rumored to a few clubs there. Arsenal, Spurs and Chelsea all potentially going to grab Boateng for free, the Champions League winner. I would hate to see Boateng leave because of how much he's given to how much he's given to Bayern, but he did originally start at Man City. Of course, Arsenal is showing up to be rumored to an expensive veteran on a free it's like willie ain't all over again like they need someone for that back line like gabrielle's good but dude they need somebody else other than rob holding i don't know what chelsea's still doing in this talk they've spent way too much money i mean this is this should be for free
1: yeah but that still means they gotta sign the guy you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like there's still a contract to be had so there's still money being spent not as much as you might think so I'm curious as to why Chelsea's in this talk. I think they just, at this point, Frank Lampard's like, let's bring as many people and see how many. He's going up to the front office and being like, I want that guy. And he's just waiting to see if they're like, God, he he, he wants him. We have to get him and just seeing what happens. Arsenal kind of makes sense. They're struggling really badly right now. Their back line is, they don't have like a good rotation, like a solid rotation of back line. So I could see them being in it, especially like you said, with coming in on a free transfer and doing pretty well. Spurs, I think they're okay without him. I don't think they're in dire straits for a uh, like a defensive back. I mean, they so, are missing. I,
0: they are missing uh, Jan Vertonghen when he left after his contract ended, but I don't think replacing him with someone around the same age makes a lot of sense for them.
1: True, I think Mourinho. I think with the players that they have right now, I think they'd be okay. I think it's just because of the fact that they have like a, a pretty. I wouldn't say solid as in, like, they're they're always going to, you know, clean sheet, but I think he's found, like, the, the solid back four that he wants playing. Like, I think he has his rotation set, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Davidson Sanchez hasn't really developed as much as they'd hoped, um, and Eric Dyer has been getting a lot of starts back there, and I've, I don't know. I've never been a fan of Eric Dyer. He's just, he's okay. He's not going to, you know, shock the world. I feel like adding some talent would help but I just don't see Boateng as a good fit for them at all um especially with how stingy they normally are it doesn't feel right with Chelsea I think that they're interested in anybody with a pulse um who might change clubs they since they they had that whole year off on their transfer ban they have basically a whole year worth of transfer money to spend at this point I think they could just keep spend 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 and maybe their problems will go away so David Alaba also Bayern Munich last year of his contract negotiations have stalled because he's asking for a lot of money. We've mentioned it before, but Byron's officially withdrawn from negotiations for now, which really seems to unsettle Alaba, and a lot of people blame his agent. But favorites to sign him would be Juventus to left backslash. I mean, he's pretty versatile as a player. He could play central defense. He could play out left. He could play even central midfield. He's good at corners. He's good at free kicks. So I think he's 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 just an overall like Swiss Army knife of a player, and then Real Madrid, PSG, Man City, our typical big clubs are also interested in him.
1: I'm just waiting to see who's willing to take Alaba on his later years. I mean, he still has maybe three years max, I would guess, of like good playing before you know his age gets the best of him. I I mean, if if he's already linked with Juventus, it's probably going to happen. Anytime I feel like Juventus is linked, I'm curious as to how Juventus will fit into the Champions League, though, because they've always kind of they've always been good. They're just not like top tier top club of the Champions League, if that if you know. Yeah, I think they're bailing
0: into. on the Ronaldo experience too. I mean, he's obviously not the future of Juventus because he's like what thirty six. How many years until he ends up in the MLS, right? They got to get rid of his wage wages if they want to. I feel like if they want to actually contend, they need to get rid of Ronaldo. Um, as crazy as that sounds. Okay, so I feel like the move that would make the most sense would either be PSG or Man City. I feel like Juventus already has a solid left back in Alexandro, and their back line isn't awful. That's not the weak point of the squad. They're, they're weakest up front because everyone just keys in on Ronaldo, and that's how you shut down Juventus. So I feel like they need more options up front or more reliable options and more consistency in their midfield. So I feel like they don't need to be spending all their money, all their assets on Alaba. Um I think PSG or Man City could improve a ton with Alaba. Um like Man City with Alaba, I think honestly wins the Champions League and I'm willing to put money on that. You know what game was the most exciting to watch this weekend, Ronnie?
1: Which game?
0: Bills Cardinals. Easily, easily. Craziest finish that you'll see in I wish it was a playoff game, just to give it more stakes. I don't it was it was such a clash it was a clash of good teams, crazy ending. It was everything for a fan of football to watch. Even Bills fans were like, that was tough, but man, what a game. Josh Allen leads them on a game-winning drive, quote unquote. Scores touchdown with thirty seconds left. So Cardinals run a couple plays. Time's out, like, so less than 10 seconds left. Kyler takes it from like the 50-yard line, scrambles out of the pocket, just heaves it downfield. You know, D-Hop is probably down there somewhere, and he just heaves it in the end zone. Hopkins goes over three defenders, snags it, comes down with it. Ball game with one second left. I had no stake in either team, but like I jumped off my couch as soon as I saw that play it was just that exciting of an end
1: watching that play you can just watch it on re like on replay it's so entertaining just that last last hail mary it reminds me of the uh one a few years ago against green bay or no green bay seahawk where it was just like a heave to the back and somehow they come down with it and it's a it's a touchdown it was super entertaining to watch shout out to my friend tj who loves the cardinals he was he was crazy. He was he was blowing up Twitter and text messages because, I mean, we, we he's our, he's like one of the few Cardinals fans we do know. So we always kind of give him some some slack when when they're not doing so hot. Not that that's happened a lot this season for the past 10 um, years, You mean, exactly. For <laughs> even up until last year, you know, um, but it was it was hype. I mean, that's the best way to put it, as silly as of the word that is. It was hype. You know, it was insane.
0: Kyler's a star, man. The arm he has, the speed he has, just from his size. Obviously, he's disadvantaged as a quarterback in the NFL, but his speed more than makes up for that problem. And that that play just shows Kyler's skill set and how the NFL shouldn't have the the prototype quarterback be, you know, six five pocket passer like i i love how kyler just kind of challenges that notion honestly he just exemplifies why scrambling quarterbacks are amazing in the nfl houston that's why you don't trade d hop if deshaun watson wants to heave it downfield with no time left d hop might be there to catch it
1: i mean that's the guy that's the guy you aim for
0: so another game that i thought showcased some young talent to a tag of iloa man three and oh as a starter the Dolphins look legit. What is this year? and two is a big reason for that. He does not make many mistakes and that keeps them in games and they've been missing that since Chad Pennington led them to the playoffs.
1: This doesn't make sense to me. I thought Fitz Magic would be the the one at the leading them to uh the playoff or playoff run, but
0: <laughs> no way you thought that
1: <laughs> well he wasn't doing
0: terrible,
1: no. you know what i mean he like was he was he was a, he was a contender. He was allowing the team to contend to win games. Now, Tua is just winning them games, honestly. So, I mean, it's an upgrade for the Dolphins. You know, maybe Tua still has it after, you know, being hurt from Alabama transitioning to the NFL. I mean, so far he does.
0: I love this year so far when it comes to the young quarterback class that we've seen. The rise of Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Tua Tagovailoa. Just all these young quarterbacks are just like blossoming in this year. And it's honestly been so fun to watch. Feels like the new generation is coming in. You know, we're seeing like Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. They're all kind of aging out of the league. And then we already have this kind of influx of solid young quarterbacks. And it just makes me excited to watch football in the future. Just think about it down the road. Okay, so Ronnie. I have a hypothetical question here for you. Okay. So th- this was taken from a book, but this hypothetical question it involves football. So I'll, I'll get there. All right. So there is a gorilla, Ronnie. Give the gorilla a name.
1: Um. Let's call it. Uh, let's call it Doug.
0: Okay. Doug the gorilla is a super intelligent gorilla. Only gorilla in the world who's super insanely smart. This most intelligent gorilla that's ever existed. Right. And. He is mastered sign language, so he's able to communicate with us very well, right? And he, while he has been raised in captivity, he had a TV. And on that TV, he would often watch football. And he's grown to love the sport. So Doug says, my dream would be to play football. That would give me the ultimate fulfillment in life. He has promised that if he plays the game, he will not injure anybody. Like, he won't hurt a human. For some reason, you are the commissioner and you're in charge of whether he gets Doug gets to play football or not. Do you let him?
1: This isn't the most interesting hypothetical. Um,
0: (laughs) I would, I
1: guess (laughs) yes, if he's not going to hurt anybody, I don't know. I feel like
0: I'm saying the wrong answer here. I mean, would it be cheating if he played? Would it be cheating? I mean, for safety reasons, obviously you would you'd say no right i I mean mean, even if you're like he promises not to hurt anybody he's still a gorilla like he's still like twice the size of (laughs) an offensive lineman
1: i mean fair but
0: i don't know football's an animal sport (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah no i guess not i guess no honestly yeah so you would
0: you would let doug play football
1: I mean, it feels like, a charity event.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that hypothetical is from a book that was written in, like, 2010, I want to say. I don't know. I, I just came across it this past week and thought, it, you know, this this is this is a good question. If he said he's not going he promised not to hurt anybody, why not, like, du- like? and if he's smart enough to, like, learn the rules, why wouldn't she let? But then at the same time, I feel like that's cheating. Are there rules that say it's a human sport? intelligent gorillas are not allowed. That's a good point. I don't,
1: I'm just more caught up on the fact of like, are there rules
0: about gorillas not playing <laughs> For an animal we prepare, for that matter? I mean, have you seen Planet of the Apes? We need to prepare for all of these. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Crazy hypothetical questions away. My favorite headline this week, we'll, we'll put Doug away for a little bit. We'll come back to it. Maybe we'll come back to it. My favorite headline this week is the first female GM ever in five major North American sports um, has been appointed to be Kim Ang is the first ever female GM of the Miami Marlins. She has a long track record in the MLB, and it's just just a signal for a position that's been dominated by men for since the 1890s. We finally have our first woman GM, and like I got to say that's pretty cool to see that we're kind of living in history right now.
1: I'm all for it, right? Like, There's a reason she was chosen. She's the most qualified, best qualified, and she deserves to... She deserves that position. She's earned it. So, you touched on it. We're we're witnessing history, and I honestly, I kind of hope she does well. Like, it would be cool to see that. It's the first. It's, she's the first woman as a GM, and I hope she's not the last.
0: Certainly, certainly. You, you wanted to talk a lo- little racing again, Ronnie?
1: Oh yes.
0: So, I
1: became I wouldn't say an avid fan of F one, but ever since uh, Drive to Survive on Netflix, and if you have not watched that, I would uh, recommend it. It's a very entertaining show about F1 and its drivers. Lewis Hamilton surpassed Michael Schumacher's record for winning the most amount of races in a career, which is I think now it's set at 94 races. It was 91, and Lewis Hamilton just won his another race this past Sunday for 94. I want to say, and he's a, he just won um, his seventh world championship in F1 again. Now, this one is tying Michael Schumacher for World Championships. So seven is the record. He's tied it. And, I mean, Lewis Hamilton is definitely not at the end of his career just yet. He has a few more years left in F1. Honestly, he could have even more than a few years, depending on how, you know, the sport develops and his his ability. But congratulations to Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes-Benz team. That's number seven for Lewis Hamilton, man. Where that's someone, if you keep up with F1, it's it's you're watching history being made right now by that man.
0: Is he greatest of all time?
1: Statistically speaking,
0: yes. He has surpassed Michael Schumacher with
1: the most amount of races won in a career. And I mean, if he wins one more world championship next season or in upcoming seasons, he t- statistically becomes the best driver in, in F1 history thus far.
0: We're going to finish off today's episode with uh, another little drip or drown segment. We just had our reverse. Oh, I love dripper drum. Yes, reverse retro alternate jerseys from the NHL were dropped. So Adidas launched this reverse retro alternate jersey, which is basically they they picked jerseys from way back when and decided to kind of like flip the color schemes of most of them. A lot of, a lot of these look pretty fire. I got to say, like some of them.
1: Honestly, wanting to buy one like. ASAP. Right, like <laughs> or a, a lot season. of these are
0: like, or a- ooh, I would love to purchase them. And then, so my team is the St. Louis Blues. Now, the St. Louis Blues retro jersey that they chose to reverse, so they are their colors are blue and gold, and then back in the day they incorporated some red as kind of their you know third tertiary color. Which I don't know if you study color theory, I don't. But red, yellow, and blue don't really go well. Especially, like, solid blue, solid yellow, solid red. And then they decided to reverse it. So it is now a red jersey with the blue logo with gold and more blue. And it's hideous. And I hate it. And I'm so mad that they chose that one to reverse. Because everyone else got cool jerseys except for me.
1: (laughs) I like how you said except for me.
0: The color combination
1: kind of hurts the eyes a little bit. It's just like a lot, but not in a good way, you know? Mm, no. I, so
0: I feel like there were two teams I got job by this reverse retro. It was the Blues and then the Red Wings. But the Red Wings are kind of separate because what they did was they took, um like, they're part of the original six teams. That's what they used for the reverse retro. And the Red Wings jerseys didn't really have a lot going on Um that was different than they are now. So they just kind of have like a stripe on the sleeve. So it's literally just like a all white jersey with a logo and then like a little gray stripe on the sleeve, Um, which isn't interesting, but at least it's not hideous. But lots of other sick alternates. Um, If I was a fan of any of these other teams, I would probably be getting one. My favorite, I think, was like Capitals bringing back the the Eagle logo that they used to have. I got to say, Drown, Drown the Blues. Uh, reverse retro for sure
1: i honestly for me i know i'm a stars fan and the stars one looks like the mike madonna era like stars jersey like this the middle star and then it's like a bigger star on the whole jersey not terrible but nothing to like write home about i'm a sucker for this anaheim ducks or the coyotes one yeah yeah like just just the Anaheim Ducks one basically looks like a Mighty Ducks like jersey and I love it. It looks very 90s and I'm all for it plus the like, the white with like the blue greenish tint and of course the Coyotes it's like a purple with orange jersey with like the desert as a background on the on like the hip area so I'm a sucker for like the vintage looking kind of like out there jerseys. Now the one I have to say is like in L where I was like it would have to most likely be probably be the Calgary Flames I was like why do y'all have a horse on your stomach blowing <laughs> things out of his nose it just seems very meh it reminds me of the Dallas Burn MLS team from a few years ago RIP um <laughs> now known as the FC Dallas but that's just kind of the the vibes it's given me and I'm just not a fan of it it just seems kind of weird even though I'm I'm out here like drooling over coyotes and and like an Anaheim <laughs> tug. I don't know. I yeah, just think that one's like just meh.
0: Yeah, I would say I like the the Whalers uniform. Um the Hurricanes throwing it back to the when they were the Whalers. And then I thought it was pretty cool too with the uh, Avalanche. Um they're throwing it back way back to the when they were the Quebec City Nordiques. I'm I'm a fan of like ninety percent of these jerseys. If I was in oh, that fan base yeah. I would buy it. But the fan base I am a part of, it is disgusting, and I, uh, I'm i super excited to see all these cool jerseys and to see the players wear them, especially some of the throwbacks to, like, the original six. Like, New York Rangers, I don't know why they ever got rid of the Statue of Liberty, the Liberty logos. Tough time to be a Blues fan, gotta say.
1: Also, the LA Kings are basically the LA Lakers in their jersey with the yeah. purple white and gold they might as well just be the lakers
0: yeah i mean throwing it back to a, when like gretzky was with the team yeah
1: but i do like i do like the avalanche one the little florida lee touch on the bottom is nice yeah i would have to say my drown uh just the calgary flames i'm not a fan of the yellow flaming horse face on their abdomen stomach area I just it just looks like one of those logos that You know, when you do like a create a team on the NFL Mm -hmm. and they have just like a bunch of random stock logos, that's literally
0: what it looks like to me. (laughs) That seems to be all the time that we have today, guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. Common Fan Commentary is available on any platform. Be sure to check out our Instagram and Facebook. I hope you guys have a very happy Thanksgiving. Peace out. We'll see you guys next time.